Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dream. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. This happened about eight years ago in August of 2013. I was camping in far north Queensland, Australia, in a place called Barron Falls, which is northwest of Cairns. I, a 21-year-old girl, was camping with my two male friends who were backpacking from Estonia, Theo and Charlie. Where we set up camp was not an official campsite. Rather, we walked along the tourist path, climbed over a railing, followed a train track for a few kilometers and eventually veered off onto the dense forest, downhill to a river. It certainly wasn't easy to get to this area and there wasn't any mobile phone service, but Theo knew about it from friends who had shown him previously. The site was beautiful. We were surrounded by a tropical forest and were only a short walk upstream from the waterfall. After setting up camp, we walked to the waterfall where both Theo and Charlie plunged from the cliff into the water below. I decided not to follow. I was and still am scared of heights and the possibility of hurting myself just wasn't alluring. I sat and watched them for a while before eventually decided to return to camp and read my book. I was totally relaxed too, enjoying the serenity, taking in the beauty around me. What had been an exciting, adventurous day was then interrupted though by a deep, sinister laughing coming from the forest surrounding our campsite. Instantly alerted, I felt chills run through my body as I scanned the forest, trying to detect where the laughter had come from. But there was nothing. I sort of tried to forget about it, convincing myself that my mind must have been playing tricks on me. Theo and Charlie returned and told me that they had forgotten fire lighters for the campfire, 
They said that they would need to travel to the nearest store to buy some and that I should wait at camp. I told them that I didn't feel comfortable staying at the camp but didn't mention the laughter that I'd heard before. I didn't want them to think that I was stupid or for context at the time I had quite a large crush on Charlie. Stupidly I wanted him to think that I was cool. They told me that it would be fine and that they would be back before dark. So reluctantly I agreed and let them go. It was about 4pm now and I continued reading my book. I began to think back about it and I realized that the walk back to the car was maybe about 20 or 30 minutes so they would be gone for well over an hour. At this time of year, dusk would be at 5.30 or maybe a little bit after that and I would therefore likely be alone in this remote area in the dark. I distracted myself with my book but as dusk began to settle I struggled to read the pages and fear began to set in. After about an hour as well, I swear that I could hear footsteps in the forest. My first thought was that Theo and Charlie had returned and I was instantly relieved that I was no longer alone. I listened for their voices but heard nothing. At that, my heart dropped because it dawned on me that it may not be them. I started to panic. Then came the laughter, the same deep sinister laughter that I'd heard before. Only this time, it seemed much closer. I sprang to my feet and surveyed the forest. And that was when I saw him. He was standing on the other side of the stream which was connected to the river, standing on a log. And what I saw was absolutely bizarre. He was wearing a, an immaculate tuxedo with a top hat and everything. I remember being puzzled as to how he was able to get to this area in such clean formal clothes. And I at first thought maybe he was an apparition or that I was hallucinating or something. I did a double take and I wasn't. I then studied the man's face. It's hard to describe but he appeared to have suffered from severe burns and had deep scarring covering his face. His hair was shoulder length, very wiry and unkempt. He laughed, that same laugh that I'd heard from the forest. It had definitely come from him. We stared at each other for what felt like minutes. I'd planned to sprint into the forest if he charged at me and observe that small creek between us would at least slow him down. He then asked, what are you doing here, all alone? With a really unsettling smile on his face. Luckily, I was able to remain calm and told him that I was camping with my male friends and that they went to get some supplies but would be back soon. The man laughed again. He asked me how long we would be there for and I lied and said that we were leaving the next day. It seemed as if this man wanted to provoke a reaction out of me or something, that he wanted me to panic and run and that he wanted to chase me. But I remained calm and acted as if we were having a standard conversation and I think this confused him. Miraculously, I heard Theo and Charlie's voices approaching. The man seemed alarmed at this and said that he saw somebody else camping upstream and that he was going to check on them. He left, and minutes later, Theo and Charlie returned. I immediately told them what happened, and they laughed and thought that I was making it up, that it was a lame attempt to scare them. Tears began to gather in my eyes, and Charlie realized that I was serious. Theo didn't seem phased. He was a very stereotypical backpacker and had the carefree nature travelers tend to have. 
Charlie, however, assured me that I would be okay and had me sleep between him and Theo for the next two nights. I barely slept at all for those nights. I kept listening for the laughter, but fortunately, I never heard it again. For years after, I searched online for any reports of similar encounters, and I never found anything. But I've always contemplated what would have happened if Theo and Charlie hadn't returned at that moment. I shudder at the thought. I would love to hear what you guys think about this man's intentions, and if I was right to be terrified. I haven't been camping since, and I don't plan on going again, which... Maybe that's the really sad part about this whole story, is that it just ruined camping for me. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. In the late fall of 2019, my mum decided to leave our narcissistic and emotionally abusive stepfather. She, my younger brother, and I packed our stuff up into a U-Haul and took it all to a new apartment that we'd be living in. It was like a breath of fresh air getting out of that house and into a place away from that man. For the first couple of months, everything was going normally. My mum would go to work, my brother would go to school, and I went to an alternative school that only required me to go like two days a week. This meant that I got a lot of time home alone, something that I'd eventually come to hate. So, it started off small. One day, I heard the front door open. It was about the time my mum and our brother got home, so I went downstairs to see who it was. The door was wide open, and nobody was home though. I checked the parking lot, and my mum's car wasn't there. My brother was nowhere to be found either, and so... I closed the door, went back upstairs after making sure nothing was missing, and that was it. The most common occurrence when I was home alone were the footsteps though. If I was upstairs, I would hear someone walking around downstairs. If I was downstairs, I'd hear someone walking around upstairs in my room. It was almost like a daily thing, so eventually I just stopped trying to investigate and only once did the footsteps come into the same room as me. My bed was against a wall, and I was laying face down facing that wall, just scrolling on my phone. It was around 3.50pm, and I'd heard footsteps on the stairs. It was about the time that my brother got home every day from school, so I didn't think too much of it. But the steps came into our room, we had to share one, and stopped right next to my bed, so I rolled over to see what he wanted... But when I did, there was no one there. A few minutes after that, I heard my brother open and close the front door and start up the stairs. And it couldn't have been him the first time because there's just no way that he would have been that quick. But the worst thing that happened was on this one night. Everyone in the house was sleeping except for me and as I was laying in my bed, 
my eyes were drawn to the far corner of my room, right next to my bedroom door. Now, I don't really know a, a good way to describe it, other than saying that it was way too dark in that corner. Like, there was just a, a black hole in the room or something. Every time I looked into that corner as well, I nearly had a panic attack, but I managed to pull my eyes away several times, only for them to be drawn back to the same spot. And there were voices too. They were all whispering indistinctly, but they sounded angry and hateful. It was the most terrifying night of my life, and I think the worst part is that nobody believed me. I got the classic response that it was just the house setting, or that it was just the pipes. I guess it doesn't really matter anyways. Shortly after, my mom, brother, and I left and moved into another house, and not for the ghost-related reasons or anything. And I haven't had another experience since then, which I am very, very grateful for. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. So this is a story that took place in the late 70s or early 80s. So I was roughly six when this happened, I guess. My parents went on a weekend trip and returned to their home. It snowed while they were gone. This is important for later. And when they entered their home, they noticed things were tossed and moved about. It became clear to them that someone had invaded their house while they were gone. As they looked around, they began to notice that nothing was actually taken. My grandpa had a safe in the spare room which they found opened. There was cash and jewelry nearby, but again, none of it was taken. They kept important documents in that safe, and they noticed that their marriage certificate was missing of all things. Still confused, my grandpa made his way to the back door, which was partially opened. He opened it, and... When exiting, you step on a sort of back porch, which extends to a large open backyard, and you notice prints in the snow immediately. It's as though they exited the back door and walked into the yard. He also noticed that the prints didn't appear human. They resembled hoof prints, but seemed human in size. They lived in Illinois, and they've only had small animals like maybe squirrels or deer and raccoons in the area, so definitely not animal prints. And he followed the tracks out to the backyard where they completely stopped right in the middle. Their yard was fenced in, but the prints completely ended as if whatever this thing was just broke into their home, stole their marriage certificate, and completely disappeared while walking or flew away. Grandpa was always a no-nonsense World War II veteran, my grandma was the same, never the type of people to play pranks or even joke about anything. But to see them so baffled and scared was something that always stayed with me. We drove to their home later that day with my dad. They lived in a smaller, all one floor home. Dad took a letter and went up to the roof to find some clues, but he found prints up there too. 
The marriage certificate? That was never found, but they eventually moved from the home. They lived in four other homes in that general area and experienced other things as well. In fact, it was sort of like it followed them. At one of their homes, they heard their doorbell ring at 3am. They woke up and Grandma opened the door to see a black figure that appeared human but was completely see-through. She screamed and quickly shut the door. Grandpa quickly grabbed a fireplace poker and swung open the door and this thing just totally disappeared. In the short amount of time that he opened the door too, this figure, if it was human, couldn't have gone too far. And there really was just nowhere for anyone to hide there, so that one really perplexed all of us. When my father grew up, he also experienced a lot of strange things, but I may share them another time, and this whole thing has just been a, a real mystery for our family for a long time, and if you've got any theories about what any of this could be, then I would love to hear it. So this morning, I just got out of class and was headed home. I saw a crippled old lady begging for help along the way and telling me that she needed to get into her apartment. I helped her and took an elevator and took her up to her door. And to my surprise, the door was wide open. When I just sort of edged my way inside, she asked if I could go to a nearby shop to buy her wine and some cigarettes. She then proceeded to give her credit card to me and keys and insisted on the fact that I should leave my bag in her house. I said no thank you and even though the situation was really weird, it wasn't that that actually scared me the most. It was the inside of the apartment. You see... There were no decorations, pictures, or anything. It was completely disgusting. There was some kind of chair with excrements on it, and the walls were filled with cracks. At that, I got scared and took the card and the keys, tried to act normal, and then I wanted to test to see if the card was actually real. I went to the store, and the woman said that the card, it was a fake. It was at this moment too that I decided to not go back to her house and gave the keys and the cards to the police. A friend of mine told me that she saw the exact same old lady saying the exact same things that she told me. And the scariest thing is that she saw a man bring her outside and immediately go straight back inside the apartment. The area where she's from is known for being dangerous. There was recently a shooting between drug dealers and daylight for example. And while I can't be completely sure, I think I may have just nearly died or something. What do you guys think? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. 
Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. What comes to mind when you picture the perfect roommate? One who comes when you call? One who doesn't forget to lock the doors? One who doesn't steal your milk just a little bit at a time, hoping you won't notice? At Apartments.com, they understand that. When it comes to roommates, a pet can be your best bet. They're easygoing, eat what you serve them, and never clog the toilet. That's why they have the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. And with instant alerts, you'll know the moment your perfect, pet-friendly place becomes available. So, when you need a place that's pet-friendly and human-tolerant, check out Apartments.com, the place to find your pet-friendly place. This is something that happened to me almost a year ago. I was 17 at the time and I was not prepared for the terrifying encounter that I would soon be a part of. A few years ago, me and my family moved from our neighborhood home to a farmhouse in the middle of hayfields and woods to take care of my now past great-grandfather who lived there. Since I was such an imaginative kid and loved being outside, I would spend all day out in the fields and the woods, every single day, and I've still done it for all the years that I've lived here. To give you an idea of the layout of this farmland as well, our house is in the front hayfield, then there are two more behind it with a creek running through and finally a couple of miles of woods behind all of that. Keep in mind that these fields are absolutely huge, like it's just hundreds-ish of acres. Anyway, it was evening and I went out to the backfield to watch the sunset, as I usually did. The view was best from there and the sunset always looked cool over the trees. I took the 15-ish minute walk on the gravel road that connects all of our land, through the gates, over the creek, past the pond and finally onto the backfield. I watched it set over the trees until I couldn't get a view of it anymore. It was starting to get dark so I decided to go back home. That was until I saw something. You see, at the other side of the field, right across from me, I saw what looked like a buck staring right at me. And while it's not completely abnormal to see a deer out there, it is odd that it didn't get spooked by me being out there. Since my mum hunts in these woods, I got my phone out to take a picture of it to show her. But the sun had basically set, so all you could see in the picture was like a, a bit of a silhouette. But that's when it started getting weird. I looked up from the picture and saw the silhouette change. It got taller, like the deer stood up onto its back legs or something, and just stood there, motionless, for way too long. Feeling uneasy now, but trying not to get scared, I casually put my phone back into my pocket and started walking home. It was getting quite dark after all, and... It's just a, a wild deer, nothing to be scared of, right? So I turn my back to the deer and I begin walking. But something just felt really wrong. It's like I could feel someone staring at me or something. So I quickly look over my shoulder but see nothing. It was very dark now so all I would be able to see is shadow anyway. And I didn't really see anything. Until I saw it again, but it was just wrong. 
just sharing this as well makes me feel uneasy, but it was still standing upright, just like it was before I started walking home, but now it was running straight towards me. And that's when I knew that something was completely wrong. This isn't normal. So I take off through the first gate and get onto the gravel road, screaming for somebody to help me. My bare feet are getting torn up by the sharp rocks that I'm running over. Fumbling with my phone as I ran, I called my dad, who was thankfully home. I screamed at him that somebody was chasing me. And when I look back, the deer is now gaining, about half the distance away it was when I first saw it running. I can hear my dad on the other end of the phone slamming the front door open and running outside, but I can't hear or see the thing behind me anymore. It's completely dark out now, and all I see is a shadow of something getting 50, 40, 30 feet away. I tear through the creek bed as I run through it, finally seeing my house lights in the distance. I scream as loud as I've screamed in my entire life, the breath scratching my lungs as I do so. I'm running uphill now, not stopping once this entire time, and I finally see my dad in front of me running even faster than I am. He jumps the last gate, separating me from my house, and starts yelling, get away. When he finally reaches me, instead of stopping at me, he keeps running past me and keeps yelling. I fall to the ground, barely able to catch my breath, tears streaming down my face. After about 20 seconds, my dad kneels next to me. Did you see it? I force out of my trembling lungs. Son, I don't see anything. Apparently, whatever chased me was afraid of my dad because once he was in view, it must have run away. Now, it's been a year since that happened. I've been made fun of by most people because everyone thinks that it was just a sickly deer with rabies or something. Even my parents do, I guess, but... My great uncle, who is literally an expert on wildlife, says that there's just no way that that could have happened. He says that it was most likely a bear, but a bear hasn't been seen here for like 30 plus years, so that seems extremely unlikely. Plus, I don't think bears have antlers, which is something that I distinctly recognized in the shadow that was chasing me. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. So, thankfully, I, I've since moved out of the spooky apartment where a few of my experiences took place. However, on my final day of moving, our spectral roommate decided to give me one last fright. I had returned to grab the last boxes, lock up the doors, and pass the keys off to the landlord. I was alone in the apartment with my sister waiting for me in the car outside. I'd been making trips up and down, bringing the last of our stuff, and finally there was just one box upstairs in the back room. I went into the room to grab the box, and somehow this box had been completely unpacked and refolded. The part that freaked me out though is that the box contained statuettes of various Greek and Roman deities. These statuettes were pulled from the box, individually unwrapped, and placed facing backwards along the wall on the floor where the table that had held them used to sit. Why backwards? That part seemed really strange to me. 
I mean, I could understand not wanting us to take them with us perhaps, so laying them out again makes sense. Sort of. But why backwards? Anyway, the door had been locked and I helped my girlfriend pack that box. I distinctly remember taping it shut even and pushing it against the wall near the door. Even if my landlord had randomly decided to check our progress on the move or something like that and came into the house, there's just no way that there would have been enough time to do that. Plus, why would he unpack our stuff? I asked the downstairs neighbor on our way out if he'd heard anything, but he hadn't. Now, the reason why I started with this was that before the move, I was working at a country club. My work usually had me downstairs alone in the basement prep kitchen, and on my first day, one of the senior employees gave me a quick tour of the place, which was massive and easy to get lost in. The employee's name was G, and she was very hesitant to take me to the basement prep kitchen for some reason. She even asked another senior employee if he would show me the basement kitchen instead, but he was busy, so she got stuck with it. So we make our way down the stairs around some corners, and we wind up in a small kitchen. The kitchen is surrounded by a well-lit, well-used storage, a sort of dishwashing area, a dim and barely used dining hall, and a big set of double doors that led to the sub-basement storage. Like I said, the place was way too big. The layout is kind of important though, so to be brief and accurate, if you're standing in the front, there's a prep table to your left, and on the other side of which is the well-lit dish storage. To the right is another prep table against a wall. On the other side of the wall is the entrance to the dim dining hall and the double doors to the sub-basement. So, while working the prep station, you can see the dish and the storage area, but not the dining hall or the sub-basement doors. They were around the corner, so to get to the dining hall, you'd have to cross in front of the sub-basement door. Now, during my little tour, G had told me that she doesn't like going down here at all and that she absolutely refuses to go into the dining hall alone or the sub-basement at all. But we joked a little bit about how spooky it was down there, but then her tone got really serious and she said to me, No, but seriously, stay away from the doors and ignore anything you hear from down there, alright? Straight out of a horror movie, but okay, I guess... My first day on the job, I'm not asking dumb questions about spooky sub-basements. So I worked my first shift without incident, as well as the next two weeks without any problems. But on the first day of my third week, I went down to the basement prep to start working. It was three in the afternoon and I was pretty excited about that day as we'd had an event going on and it had been my first time working an action station. So I wasn't thinking about spooky basement doors or anything, just happily slicing ham for the day and thinking about the night to come. But over the hum of the slicer, I thought I heard one of my co-workers walk behind me. I even thought that I saw a flicker of movement on my right. I thought it was weird that they were headed that way. I hadn't seen anybody go into the sub-basement or dining hall yet, but I figured that they were probably grabbing something for the event, so I just kept slicing... But that's when I heard a loud thump, like someone had taken a, a rubber dodgeball and threw it against a door. It made me jump and I wasn't sure where it came from, so I turned off the slicer and I listened closely. I didn't hear it again, so I just went back to switch on the slicer. But like right as I touched it, there was another thump. For sure that time too, I knew that it came from around the corner, by the sub-basement and the dining hall. 
In my mind, it was obvious that someone must have gotten stuck in the basement or dining hall and needed me to open the door for them. So I pulled off my gloves and I went around the corner to check which door they needed open. I tried the dining hall door first and poked my head in, but there wasn't anyone waiting on the other side. It was dim in there, but the room was empty, except for the few tables pushed against the walls, so I closed the door and moved over to the sub-basement doors, which had a small window set above each doorknob, kind of like the doors they have on classrooms and such. But when I tried the door, it was locked. I thought that it was weird to keep the door locked like that, but then I remembered what G had said and I got a little spooked, I must admit. I started to walk away from the door when I heard that same thump, only twice as loud, against the doors, both of them, behind me. I wanted to keep walking too, but my brain told me to turn around and look. The doors were still shut and I couldn't see anything through the window from where I stood. I was very freaked out though at that point and decided to take an early break to have a smoke. While out on break, I talked to another co-worker of mine whom we call JJ. He'd been employed at the club for over 10 years, so I asked him about the sub-basement and once again the tone changed and he just sort of looked down and away and said, just don't go back down there. I've been here for 10 years and I've only gone down there once. Now, hearing Jay talk like that was really weird. He was a large tattooed ex-bouncer, not the kind to be scared of even a bear, much less a spooky dark basement. So, I finished my smoke and begrudgingly went back down to finish my prep. Now, extra motivated to get it done quickly. I came down the stairs and as I was rounding the corner to head down the hall to the kitchen... I saw someone clear as day way down at the other end walk around the corner headed to the basement of the dining hall. They looked to be wearing all black clothes and a, a black cap, which is the kitchen staff uniform, so I thought for sure that that was one of my co-workers looking for me or something, so I called out to them. Hey, I'm over here. What do you need? There was no response, so I thought maybe they didn't hear me, so... I kept going past my station and round the corner to find no one standing there. I poked my head in the dining hall again and of course I didn't find anyone. Now I was legitimately terrified and started to freak out a bit. I started to head back to my station where once again I heard the loud thumps against the doors. This time it occurred to me that it must be my chef messing with me. He was a notorious prankster and there's always a bit of hazing when it comes to new kitchen crew. He must get everybody with this gag. Jay had to be in on it and G must have been another victim or something. But that was my thought process when I turned around and walked to the doors and put my face up against the glass and cuffed my hands around it to block out the glare. I couldn't see anything through the black at all, not even the first few stairs, which I thought was weird. Shouldn't I at least be able to like see a little bit of light? Shouldn't a little bit of light be able to make it through the window from the hallway lights? I mustered up my bravest voice and shouted, Very funny, Chef B, but I see you. I waited for a response, but nobody said anything. But I did start to get a, a really weird feeling, like I was standing next to a, 
an electrical charge or something is the only way that I can describe it. It was like I was getting sort of tickled by TV static. That's the only way that I can describe it, but that's how it felt. I pulled my face away from the window and glanced behind me to make sure that nobody was there trying to sneak up on me. And when I put my face back to the glass, my heart instantly dropped because I could now see the stairs. Which means that as I was peeking through the glass, someone or something was standing right on the other side, blocking out the light from the hallway and giving the illusion that I was looking into darkness. The only problem with that is whoever or whatever it was would have to have been rather large to block the whole window in its entirety. With that realization, I practically sprinted through the basement and back up the stairs to the main kitchen where I found the entire kitchen crew happily at work, even Chef B. I told Jay about what had happened and G must have overheard me because she just quietly said, I told you to ignore anything you heard down there. And it was soon after this that some weird things were happening in my apartment. Thankfully, nothing has happened since I moved, but that box being unpacked, that was definitely freaky. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.